you're all sleeping. Nick is going to be teaching today. And so would you guys join me and give him a warm JHM welcome for Nick Eddy. All right, is this on? Okay, it's on. All right, I'm using a Chromebook to do this, so I got to log in. Does anybody else have Chromebooks for school? Yeah, yeah they, they're, they're not the best. Here we go. Come on. All right, so as Nick already said, I'm also Nick, although I'm sure many of you guys actually expected Nick to be speaking. It's me. Um, so you guys don't know me. Like Nick said, I'm Nick Eddy. I work with the boys, seventh grade boys. Um, now today I'm going to talk about something we've all probably experienced, and I have especially, in a sermon I'm tying the road less traveled. Now the first off, I need everybody in the room to raise their hands if they've ever worried in their life. If you're not raising your hand, you're lying, okay? All right, so... I'm going to show you guys this poem called The Road Not Taken by Robert Frost. Has anybody heard of this poem? All the adults probably have at one point in their lives. A couple students, sweet. All right, next slide, please. This is the poem. So I'm going to read it to you guys really quickly. So two roads diverge in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down as far as I could, to where bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair, and having perhaps a better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Though as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same, and both that morning equally lay, and leaves in a step had trodden black. All I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing were ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one that's traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Now that I've said that poem, I'm going to come back to it in a, in a short time. Now everyone, please close your eyes for a second. I want to do this exercise. If, I, if the answer to the question I ask is yes, I need you guys to raise your hand, Okay. Raise your hand if you've ever heard someone tell you to let it go about a worry. All right, hopefully you guys aren't hearing Elsa's voice in your head screaming right now. Okay, all right, put your hands down. Raise your hand if you've ever been anxious. Okay, put it down. Now raise your hand if you've ever been told it's all going to be okay. Raise your hand. Now I want you to keep it up if you actually didn't think it was going to be okay. And be honest. Okay, everybody put your hands down. All right, now open your eyes. So everybody that did raise their hand, and me included, and those that didn't raise their hands but should have, we all at one point in our lives have faced a hardship, whether that's ranging from a really bad grade, right? Or you lose a loved one. That's a more serious one, all right? Every single one of us in this room has faced a hardship, and it's happened, and it will continue to happen. And every single one of us in this room has prayed to God for something. Even though he doesn't necessarily give us the answer we desire, he still gives us an answer. Now, is it cool if I get personal with you guys a little bit? Cool? No? Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. All right, so I've already talked to the boys about this, and Tessa can tell you about this. Nine to ten months ago, I was in a really unhealthy relationship, and I was about as far from God as you could possibly get, and I was out of my mind, okay? And I was very far away from him. But it was a broken relationship, and even though I was far from God, I still prayed. I said, God, every night when I went to bed, I'm like, God, please fix this. Please make it work out. Please make the relationship work. Everything's going to be great. And I kept praying. I'm like, God, fix it. But he did. But he said no. Okay? That's kind of weird, right? But he actually did say no, and it worked out. Now, at first I didn't see the good in it, but as time went by, I did. Everyone that I've met, you guys, I love every single one of you guys, and you guys welcomed me in here. And I wouldn't even be talking to you guys right now if he didn't say no. 
I wouldn't have met Jesus the way that I did. And I'd be probably further in the depths of my own sin. And probably some of you guys are like, well, really? You had to say no because Nick's talking right now? Really? Right? Hopefully not. But it worked out. And I was hurt at the beginning, but God was faithful. And most people in their lives, when we ask God for things to happen, we get angry when he says no. Think of it this way. All of us at one point have been in Wally World. Who knows what Wally World is? All the adults better raise their hands. That's Walmart for the people that don't know, okay? And we've all been the little kids in line. We're about to leave. And there's a bunch of candy right there at the checkout aisle, right? And we're all like, Mom, Dad, I want that candy. How many times has your parents said no to that? Right? Okay, so we don't like it when they say no, right? But they have a reason for it. They're like, oh, you're, you don't need that. One, it's unhealthy. Two, you're going to be crazy because that's just the age too. And they said no. That's exactly how our relationships with God go sometimes. We ask him for something and he says no. So what do we do? We throw a tantrum and we get mad at him, right? And yet, how are we supposed to know when God's actually saying yes or no? Our parents give us a verbal one, but God doesn't necessarily give us a verbal one. But sometimes he does. And your friends and your family, when they tell you something, sometimes that happens. And it's hard to tell what his answer is. And we look in the past, though, we can see how God has worked, how everything worked out. Think about this. Every person in this room is all right here because of everything in the universe that God happened, that made happen, so you could be here right now. That's kind of cool to think about. Every single thing happened to make sure this happened right now. And recently, I was talking to my dad about a situation I was in, and I was like, what's God telling me? And my dad told me this, um, this thing, and it was really, really cool. He said, God is not an illusionist, so he doesn't work with magic. He's not trying to, to confuse you. Life is only a mystery to those who are looking for a mystery. He sets things in motion with very little smoke and mirrors, and that's why hindsight is always twenty twenty. And although we may question what God has planned for us, he doesn't ever question what he wants to do. Next slide, please. Are your ways my ways, said the Lord. So it's evident that God truly be understood by himself. And we may never truly understand the like to not know the plan. Who sees it? And so I want to look up the spoilers for that because I love the show so much. First of all, ask your parents first if you choose to watch it. It's kind of One thing I do know, though, is that God loves us more than we can even comprehend. He gave us Jesus and that's, that's the greatest act of love. And the fact he has a plan for us. Have anything to do with anxiety that I asked you guys about at the beginning? Well, for me, and it stinks, right? It really, really does. And I guarantee that he doesn't have one, okay? Now, for me, who doesn't like to not know the plan, who's here seen Stranger Things? Right, that's all on Netflix, right? So the whole season is dropped at one time. So everybody just sees it. And so I want to look up the spoilers for that because I love the show so much. First of all, ask your parents first if you choose to watch it. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's not the most appropriate, but it's still hilarious. All right, so one thing I do know, though, is that God loves us more than we can even comprehend. He gave us Jesus, and that's, that's the greatest act of love that he could have ever shown us. So what is it exactly me having to talk about God's character and the fact he has a plan for us have anything to do with anxiety? that I asked you guys about at the beginning. Well, for me, I get anxious and I overthink things. Who in here overthinks? Yeah. And it stinks, right? It really, really does. And I guarantee that that tinge of anxiousness, it follows us a lot, right? Whether or not we don't know what's going to happen, if that crush is going to like us back, if we're going to nail that test, if we're going to fail that test, we don't really know. But what's the point of worrying, right? There's a thing that says the only thing that worrying does is change the worrier, right? If you study for three weeks for a test 
and the test comes up, if you worry about that test, it's not going to change the grade that you get. It's just going to change the amount of happiness you're experiencing at that time. And worrying is choosing to take responsibility for stuff God doesn't want us to take responsibility for. That's his job. That's what he's trying to tell us. And though when we have those tough times, we have those bad tests, crush doesn't like us back, or we lose a loved one or something even more serious like that, it's hard to put our trust in him because we're like, why should we if this is happening? But it's always worth it, guys. So let's look at James. So next slide, please. All right, so this is a lot. So just bear with me. I'm going to break it down, but I'm going to read it for you first. James says, Count all the joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all his ways. Now, first off, you're just like, what? Why should we count trials as joy? Right? But James answers that question. He says, so we gain steadfastness. Now, can anybody in the room tell me what steadfastness means? Anybody? Kind of. Anybody else? No? Everybody heard perseverance? Perseverance and steadfastness is basically like consistency. It's growing stronger despite the circumstances and having faith that it's going to be okay. Just because God said no doesn't mean he's not God. Doesn't mean he doesn't love you. It means that he loved you enough to say no. Okay? God keeps his promises. Now, if we're troubled by our thoughts, what does James say to do? He said, ask God for wisdom. Ask him for knowledge. Whether or not that's just him saying yes or no, or that's him giving you the strength to keep going when you don't know. Okay? Now, if you're going through trials right now, guys, are you asking him for wisdom or, and for answers, or are you shunning him? So who in here has a device, a phone, or something they can message on? Okay, have you guys ever heard the term left on red? Yeah. Right? It stinks, right? It really does? So think about it. Whenever, you guys seen the meme? It's got the Snapchat, and the guy's like, put, like has a selfie, and he's like, nobody asked me what's going on. I'm upset, only a few people know. What's going on? No? It's cool. Anyway, so um, that's what happens. God's always texting us, guys. He's always saying, hey, I'm here for you. How often if someone's upset at you or you're upset at them and they text you and they ask you what's wrong and you're just so mad at them that you don't text them back, you just leave them on red? God is always texting us. Okay? Not literally. God is friend of me. That was a great show. You guys should check that out. But... He doesn't necessarily completely text us, literally, but he always wants to be there. But he can't talk to you if you don't respond, right? If you leave him on red, there's nothing that he can do other than just be there. And so when we have those times, those tough times, we can either respond or we can just leave him on red continuously. And that poem that I talked about at the beginning, it's got two paths. If you want to do modern day terms, it's texting back. Or not texting back, or philosophically trusting God or not trusting God. Those are the two paths. All right. Both paths include trials and tribulations and suffering. We can't escape that. That's just life. But what we can do is choose to give God our worries. We can have that peace. But another thing we can do that we tend to do is we fight for control over our lives. How often, when you guys pray to God, do you say, God, I need this to happen? Raise your hand. Be honest. 
decent size. I do the same thing. That's why we call it ultimatums. We're like, God, this has to happen. I need you to make sure I do good on this test. I need this person to let me back. I need my mom and dad to buy me Chick-fil-A. Everybody in here better love Chick-fil-A. That's literally Christian chicken, all right? That's the best. All right? And Jesus even says in the Bible, asking you shall receive. He doesn't say you're going to get what you want. He says you're going to get what you need. That's what he means by that. He doesn't say, ask for this and it's just going to happen. He says, ask for this and I'll give you what you need. That's what Jesus says. And why would we want anything else other than what we need? Now let me ask you guys all something. If God always gives us what we need, and he's love, and he knows all, and he knows what's best, why don't we actually trust him? What's keeping us back? Is it because we're mad at him for not giving us what we wanted? Is it because we question the character of God? Is it because we're scared? And we feel distant from him? We don't even feel like he wants to talk to us? Sometimes it can be all of what I said. I have at one point thought every single one of those things that I just asked you guys. Every single one of them. But I'm here to tell you guys he is trustworthy and he is faithful. And it's all held within the next two verses. Next slide, please. Who's ever heard Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? A lot of people, right? It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. There you go. Path, road, same thing. Okay? Now context. Solomon's the wisest man who ever lived. It's David's son. And he said what? That a Lord will direct your paths. But what did he say? If you trust in the Lord God with all your heart. That's the condition. And by trusting God and acknowledging him in all your ways. Now are you guys acknowledging him in all your ways? Am I acknowledging him in all my ways? Look at the verse again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Solomon tells us to trust the Lord with all our hearts, but how often do we choose to trust the voice in our head that says you're not good enough? You're not worth it. That's not God talking to you guys. Maybe that's Satan saying, hey, you're not good enough. You're not worth it. You're not worth God's time. And God's like, I'm right here. He's texting you, right? He's really doing that. God is a loving parent. He's our heavenly father. We call him our heavenly father because he's a father, okay? He's not just God. He's our heavenly father, right? And he doesn't make mistakes. And he always tells us that we will be okay if we trust and rest in his son, Jesus. Now we're going to go back to the boss, Isaiah. Next slide, please. And Isaiah says this. This is an awesome story, by the way. Nick even told me it's all Facebook mom posts, right? <laughs> this is all stuff you see on Facebook. And Isaiah says, well, the Lord says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. A misconception that a lot of people have about church or good faith is they think they're going to have a... People think, oh, if, you're, if you believe... You have a perfect life. And nowhere says that in the Bible, guys. And I know it's, it's kind of tough to deal with. But what it does say is, I will be with you, or I am with you. I am your God, and I will strengthen you. The Lord says that. He's going to be there through all of it. He, does, he does, never promises it's going to be easy. But he says it's always going to be worth it. Because at the end of it, we're all going to be with him. Okay? And Jesus promises us to love us, and that we can always find peace and love within him. Next verse. Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Everybody gets exhausted. Everybody gets sad, and they don't really know where to go. That happens to every person at one point in their life. But if we can't, have, we don't have the strength to stand anymore, there's a thing I saw on Facebook one time. It says, when you can't stand anymore, kneel. Hopefully you guys all realize that means praying. Okay? But if we pray... That's our consolation. 
That's what we get from that. But when you actually have a really bad day, who do you go to first? Do you go to your friend, a teacher, your parent? When does God come in to that? Jesus says, I'm the first and the last. He will always be there in between the first and the last, but he also says, I'm the first. So why don't we go to him first? Right? And although we don't like what God says no, when God says no sometimes, we have to acknowledge that God loves us enough to say no. That's a huge thing. And look at Jesus. As Christians, we're all called to live Christ-like lives. Right? We're all supposed to seek to be like Christ. And Jesus says, next verse, please. Jesus himself had to give up his own wants. Do you think Jesus wanted to go to the cross? No. Who would? Right? But what does he say? He says, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. That's Jesus' awesome way of saying, if this has to happen, I don't want it to happen. But if it has to happen, I'm trusting in you. That's what he said. He didn't say, God, I can't do this. Dad, I can't do this anymore. I won't do it. He says, you know what? I don't want to, but I'm going to do it because it's your will. That's what he said. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And if I'm honest, I need to add that extra line in my prayers. If I say, God, I need this to happen. Add the little thing that says, if it's your will. That's the game changer, guys. Because if you give God ultimatums, there's a thing that says, if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. If you ever want to tell God what you think is going to happen, God's going to just laugh and be like, you just wait. You just see. And it's a happy one. It's not a sad one. Okay? So, everybody should add that. If you guys are already saying, if it's your will, keep doing that. Continuously do that. Okay? Because everybody keeps God. Everyone keeps God. Everyone. God keeps his promises. And he promises Jesus from the beginning. And Jesus was there at the beginning when that promise was made. And he came down to fulfill that promise. That's a promise we can hold to. Jesus is that path. He's the road that's not often taken. That we can walk on. And that we know that he's with us. So, if the world breaks you guys down to where you can't stand anymore and you are on your knees and you're crying out to him, you still have Jesus. And as long as you have Jesus, you have everything that you need. Because he's right there. So how do we live this out, guys? How do we actually take this road that's less traveled? The answer has two parts to it. First of all, next slide, please. Everyone at one point has probably heard of Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It's that we're basically taught how to pray. First, it says, And nothing be anxious, so don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, so pray and be thankful for what you have. Thanksgiving, right? We just have Thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, so ask him. But say, is it your will? And he says, in the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, which we don't even understand. It's above our thoughts. It's God's thoughts. Will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. His peace comes to those who trust in him, guys, and you are honest with him. So, part two, be honest. God doesn't like it when we're upset at him, but he doesn't want us to not text him back. He doesn't want us to not pray and talk to him. He wants us to, if anything. And I promise you guys, he's listening. Okay? He listened to me even though I was distant from him. He brought me here. And I didn't think I would ever be up here talking to you guys about Jesus and how awesome he is. That's awesome. Okay? Next slide, please. 
Now I'm going to read this poem, the ending of this poem, one more time to make this all come together. I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence, to your roads diverge in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Everybody, Jesus promised us his presence, he's going to be with you always, his love, you're never alone, and eternal life with him, heaven, if we choose to follow him in his way. And I can promise you guys it's going to make all the difference. I'm going to close this with this verse. Next slide, please. This is James. He says, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. So if you guys keep going, you'll be blessed. Because when he has stood the test, he received the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. For all the Burger King crown lovers in the room, a crown of life is way better than that, by the way. That thing costs two cents to make. He was done. All right. So he promised you guys all that. So ask yourself, which road are you going to take? Now, everybody, please bow your heads. We're going to pray and then we're going to go to small group. Heavenly Father, thank you for this chance to gather together and to hear your word. And thank you for the chance for me to be able to speak and hopefully share the Holy Spirit with everybody in this room. Help everybody know that you are present and that you are loved and that you'll guide them and be with them even through the hardest of times. And I pray that, Father, you give everyone the chance and the strength to text you back when you text us. And that we know that you're always there. God, please bless our conversations in small group and help us grow closer to you. In Jesus' heavenly name, amen. Are you guys are off the smoker.